Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Welcome to AutoLine Daily. Say, did you see our AutoLine Fantasy Draft program last night? It was really good. Check it out on our website because there was so much information that you'll enjoy listening to that came out on that show. Anyway, let's get to today's news. You know, I've seen a lot happen in my time covering the automotive industry, but this is a first. The Detroit News reports that Ford is suing Japanese supplier Fujikura over price fixing and bid rigging of wire harnesses. Ford did not say how much it's being ripped off by, but the company is seeking three times the amount of actual damages. In the last decade, Ford spent $10 billion on wire harnesses. Ford also named Japanese suppliers Sumitomo and Yazaki as co-conspirators, but it did not file suit against those companies. Tesla's stock took it on the chin yesterday. After hitting a high of $129 a share last week, it fell to $109 at yesterday's close. The sell-off was triggered by a downgrade from Goldman Sachs, which set a target price of $84, 30% lower than yesterday's close. Here's my AutoLine Insight. This is the moment the bears have been waiting for. They've been shorting the stock, but losing big time on their bets. In fact, to cover their shorts when they came due, they had to buy more stock. And that's one of the reasons why the stock kept shooting upwards. Now, it's possible that the stock could fall as fast as it rose. By the way, Merrill Lynch says the stock should really be priced at only $39 a share. And if they're right, that presents an opportunity to short the stock even more. As you know, sales of Japanese cars plummeted in China last year because of anti-Japanese sentiment over territorial disputes over which country owns some islands in the East China Sea. Sales have been slowly recovering this year for Japanese brands, but they're not back to normal. That's why, according to Reuters, Toyota is shifting its focus to the southern part of the country. Turns out that in southern China, the people don't seem to be as anti-Japanese as in other parts of the country. Toyota says sales in southern China have completely recovered. But that's not true for all Japanese automakers. Gasgu reports that Mazda sales have dropped for a third straight year in the country. In the first half of the year, Mazda only sold over 82,000 vehicles, and that's down 20% compared to 2012. Ford's hybrid vehicles have taken a lot of flack recently for not meeting their EPA rating for fuel economy. Now the company is offering calibration updates for its C-Max, Fusion, and MKZ hybrids. The enhancements include an increased top speed of 85 miles an hour, that's up from 62 miles an hour. They're optimizing the use of active grill shutters, reducing the electric fan speed, shortening the engine warm-up time by 50%, and they're better optimizing the climate control system. But unfortunately, Ford has not said what kind of fuel economy improvements customers can expect to gain. Volkswagen CEO Martin Winterkorn feels that a company as large as his needs a halo project in the upscale segment. As a result, it's going to be bringing back its Phaeton luxury sedan in the U.S., and it might show it off as soon as January. 
I'm sure most of you remember that the Phaeton was dropped seven years ago due to poor sales. Also set to make its debut is a new 1.8 liter turbocharged engine for the Jetta, Beetle, and Passat. It replaces the two and a half liter five cylinder unit. The new one produces 170 horsepower and 184 pound-feet of torque, which is the same or even better than the two and a half liter, and it gets better highway fuel economy as well. And according to sources, the German automaker will also produce a small SUV called the Taigun, which it first showed off as a concept at the Sao Paulo show last year. It's smaller than the Tiguan and will most likely be powered by three-cylinder gasoline and diesel engines. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like this little SUV will be stepping foot on American soil. Hey, coming up next, it's time for You Said It. Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. And now it's time for some of your feedback. EW wants to know, do you have any thoughts on GM's recent decision to no longer provide production statistics? It was my understanding that suppliers use that information to get an accurate gauge of manufacturers' needs. EW, GM says that Wall Street analysts were incorrectly forecasting its profits and earnings per share by extrapolating those numbers from the production numbers. Since GM ships cars all over the world, and since those products are priced differently in different countries, it will only release data on where those vehicles were sold, not where they were manufactured. You know, kind of funny. Every other major car company in the world ships cars all over the world, and they don't seem to have a problem releasing their production numbers. And I can tell you, suppliers and analysts are up in arms over GM's decision. Ramon Rivera liked our report on GM looking at selling one of Peugeot's commercial vans in the U.S. Wow, he says. The Peugeot Boxer is the same vehicle as the Fiat Ducato. You will have a GM and a Chrysler product being basically the same vehicle. And Chevy will also sell the Nissan NV. Shouldn't they have chosen another Peugeot, the, the Peugeot Expert, instead of our Renault-Nissan vehicle? You know, you make a great point, Ramon. I'm sure they discussed your idea, but maybe sourcing a small van out of Mexico was more profitable than getting one from Europe, where, they, where the exchange rates could kill them. Sparks Flying 100 took issue with our report on the death of Phil Caldwell, the former chairman of Ford. He says, Philip Caldwell was not the first non-Ford family head. It was Robert McNamara, but he was only there for five weeks before joining JFK in government. Sparks Flying is right. McNamara was president of Ford ever so briefly, though he did spend 14 years at the company before he got that promotion. But you know, being president is not really being the head of the company. And Phil Caldwell was the first person who was not a member of the Ford family who became chairman. Rafi heard me say that the first interview I ever did in my life was with five-time Grand Prix champion Juan Manuel Fangio, and he wants to know, Please tell us more about that interview with Fangio. Where could we read or see the interview? Rafi, sadly, the photos from that interview were stolen from my photographer a few years after it took place. And somewhere between office moves, my notes were lost. So I don't think there's any written record of it that's left. But one thing I can tell you from that interview 
is that Fangio always referred to himself in the third person. So instead of saying something like, I set the fastest lap and went on to win the race, he would tell me, Fangio set the fastest lap that day and ultimately victory also went to Fangio. I also remember that he drank water throughout the interview because he told me he only had one kidney. But my lasting impression was that he was a humble man and a thorough gentleman who gave a 25-year-old aspiring journalist a big break by landing an interview with one of the giants in motor racing. Tango R34 saw our report on the way that Ford came up with to make prototype parts, but he says, I just can't follow what they've done. Does it mean they have simply skipped the mold-making process and make the part by deforming a sheet using a CNC machine? Well, you got it right, Tango. That's exactly what they do. They clamp a blank sheet of steel in that CNC machine. Then two probes, one on top and one below the steel, push up and down as they run across the surface to form the steel into the desired shape. So yeah, they're making parts like fenders without a stamping die. And that, to me, is really impressive technology. Hey, thanks for all your letters and comments. We truly like going through them all. But anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.